Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, my loves, which can be bitter, which can be dry, which can be spicy, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hello. We are talking about Love is Blind. This is season four. This is episode six. Uh, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> So let's pick up. Um, Zach made it. Zach made the mistake, everyone. We know who did it. It was Zach. Yeah. So as we know, as it ended last episode, Zach and Irina called it quits. Their honeymoon, you know, became more of a bitter moon. Uh, And they just really like, they really were just like called it quits and are done with each other. And before Irina left, she was like, A, I never liked you. B, I'll tell you who I did like that. Paul, honey, carve me out a piece of that Paul. So Zach gets back and he's like, well, whatever. I'll tell you what I miss. That bliss, honey. I, I, I miss the bliss, you know? Yep. So they, he is sitting at a wooden table. It feels like a little olden style. He's wearing like a full suit. You know, we know he's a criminal defense attorney. He's like, is he meeting, honey, a new client? Like, why is he dressed like this? But anyway, who's he meeting? Guess who? Bliss, honey. She comes walking in that door with that like perfect eye makeup. She looks great. And yeah, this is the first time they're seeing each other, you know, obviously, because they met in the pods like everyone else did. And they obviously didn't have like some beautiful uh, moment where they saw each other for the first time and came running to each other and were kissing. So yep. this is she has to walk in being like, oh, my God, it's that guy in the tux. That's, he's staring at me with the curly hair. That one. Oh, that's yeah. definitely, Obviously, it's him. You know? Yeah. The guy with the cameras uh, around him. Um, yeah. She, oh. didn't get that- <laughs> she didn't get that moment. And so also, it's also terrible because not only did she get that, she didn't get that moment. She didn't get that moment because he didn't fucking choose her. Mm -hmm. And she told him, Mm -hmm. she warned him and said, Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would choose her. And if you choose her, then I would fully judge you. So she's walking in Mm -hmm. judging this person who didn't choose her, but also Mm -hmm. the same time wanting to see him and loving him because she thought they were going to get married. And so uh, he then gets there and he starts talking about how awful Irina was and everything that she's done (laughs) and how he messed up. And Bliss is like, I'm not in the mood to forgive. Um, And Zach goes, she didn't even remember my birthday. All the signs were there. I don't even know why, um, you know, why I went for her. And Bliss was like, you know what? I was thinking, you know, I don't care because maybe he's not even cute. But they like each other and i know yeah and he he asks her like quite self-consciously um do i stare too much and she's like no why do i keep looking away i know i have a problem with looking away like she fully thinks that it's her fault and then he's like no because irena told me that i um that i look at people too much and i don't blink and she's like oh why are we talking about that bitch again (laughs) like yeah (laughs) it's like I don't want to hear about all the ways Irina was wrong because a, I already know she was wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what happened to make you make that choice. And that's the one thing that I think Zach doesn't do. And I will talk about it in a later episode, but I really think that he should. 
Um, so the next scene we have is all the rest of the couples are back in Seattle and they're figuring out a situation where they're going to cohabitate. Some people have to move from wherever it is that they live outside of Seattle, which is so odd. Mm-hmm. Why would you apply for Seattle's mm-hmm. um, love is blind if you don't live in Seattle or you're not willing to like fully let go of your life wherever you, there's two couples like this. It's weird. So um, Kwame and Chelsea have a conversation about cooking out, uh, cleaning. It's not clear if this is her apartment or if this is the apartment that the show has gotten for them. Because some people, some people are yeah. in their own apartment. Like, where are Marshall and Jacqueline staying? Go ahead. Okay, everyone has at first their own apartment. Everyone's staying in their, I'm sorry, everyone's staying in a production apartment. And then what they do is then you individually go to each of their abodes and then see how they actually live and then make a decision of how they're going to live you oh, know, okay. post. So yeah, that's why when we get to certain places, it looks really corporate and like everything's there, but then some people's houses do look corporate, you know, like not yeah. corporate, but like new and put whatnot. together. So, that's what put it is. Together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think when they're, yeah, so that's uh, they're when they're talking about how they want to live, they're in the corporate apartment talking about the dirty dishes and how they deal with that and what stays in the sink and what should be clean before they go to bed as a, and you know, flushing toilets for obviously Chelsea likes to, if it's yellow, let it mellow, especially at night. She's like, I don't want to wake you up. I just want to like pee, like, you know, like get back in bed, you know, and I don't want to be like, whoosh. Mm-hmm. He's like, actually, that's totally fine. I, I will be honest. I get that because I don't, I don't like to see other people's, urine in the bathroom when I walk in it makes me feel suddenly like everything is in fact very dirty you know like and I and it's just not a clean feeling it's like nice to walk into a bathroom you feel like it's clean and maybe there's like you know like a scent in the air that isn't uh human urine you know like I don't know like all those things so I get what he's saying but you know this is the smart talk that they should get out uh, uh having to live together yeah so Paul and Micah have a conversation about Irina because Micah like talks about a comment that Irina had made to her prior to leaving the space. And so she's like, Hey, did you notice anything? Because um, Irina gave me this information. And for those of you guys who are on Patreon, we have a picture of it. And Paul says, yes, actually there was a moment at the pool where she like grazed on my foot. And then they like recall, like call back to that moment. And she fully has decided to put put his titty on her, put his foot on her titty, like just like a toe on her titty, you know? Yeah. And we're like, what an interesting choice. Like I hate feet so much that the last thing I would do is put a man, a man's t- t- toes on my titties. She walked by, it grazed her boobie, and then she grabbed the foot and held it close to her boobie as if she was like milking it. You know what I'm saying? Or as if it was, as if it was drawing breast milk from her, her mother, her mother boob, you know, like, I mean, he, he knew what happened. Uh, This entire episode gets into a lot of B roll foot stuff. And I, I recognized it and I, was watching with Monique and she recognized it and I felt vindicated that it wasn't just PTSD for me or whatever. God bless. So, um, but yeah, there was just like so much, I cannot tell you how much foot stuff there was this episode. Like I, the editor of live is blind is like, is Quentin Tarantino is Quentin yeah. fucking Tarantino, you know, like it's Quentin. <laughs> I'm telling you. So Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. 
Toatis. Yeah, Toatis food. <laughs> Uh, that's what we said before. So, so this makes Micah insecure uh, because she knows Irina is a fucking snake. She knows who her friend is. So yeah. she knows why she is. She, so that's why she's uncomfortable with the whole thing. She's like, I don't even know if like I can trust this situation because like she was one of my best friends. Like, and I really like think that like this makes me like really unlike comfortable because like I like didn't think that you guys had a thing like and that like want to know if you guys really have a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, I wrote, this is the note I wrote. Zach was doing the same thing in the pods for the things she doesn't like outside. I was caught up in the kiki. Our relationship is secure. <laughs> I, I don't know what the, I, the only known thing I know is our relationship. She felt like she thought was secure, but this made her feel like maybe her relationship isn't secure. I know that mm-hmm. that's what that's supposed to be, but I don't remember anything else like happening. I also don't remember the next note you said happening. So go ahead and explain that one. Yeah. So the next note is um, when Marshall and Jack's, Jacqueline get to uh, their, I guess, producer space and um, they sit down and she's like, oh my God, I really like this place. Like, this is so nice. It was like one of those moments like, this is so nice. Oh my God, this is so nice. Like, she was like, she was like, I gotta bring my lava lamp. Oh my God, I can't even. And she, he was like, lava lamp? That's yeah. lame. What's this, 1972? Uh, so he's already told his family about this situation and her parents are not believing that she has done this. And I just will like, listen, I don't know what it's like to have your parents so involved in your love life to the point where they feel entitled to have an opinion. Um, because one, I have never shared that with my family Two. Um, I've never had the, you know, situation where I've had to share it with my family and three, I'm 40. So like, I can't imagine a scenario where I would tell my parents that I had gone on this social experiment and it worked and they wouldn't just be like, no, that's weird, but okay. It's your life. Like, I just don't know what it's like. So when I hear these people have these like issues, I'm like kind of sad for them that this is like the scenario and her parents don't believe that this is even occurring and she's 26. So I guess I guess they feel like you you could have anything and anybody you want. Why would you do it this way? Mm-hmm. Um, so they talk, uh, we have Tiffany and Brett and they talk about their bathroom pet peeves. They're in the bathroom, like brushing their teeth or something. And she doesn't like water on the ground. Uh, but Brett and Tiffany love each other. Um, and Paul and Micah have a really good connection. Um, and so then we go on to Kwame and Chelsea where they go to Chelsea's home. And Kwame has... This is the point in, in I think, watching this show where I start to realize that Kwame is starting to pick apart Chelsea in a way that I don't appreciate. Like, instead of just being like, you really love pink or wow, like, I can't, this is your aesthetic or whatever. The way he says it is like, what's up with all the pink? It's like, fool, it's obviously her favorite fucking color. So, like, yeah. that's yeah. what's Everything up with it. Mi- yeah, like, you know, there's this thing where for some girls, it brings them, a, brings them relief relief to come to a home that has a certain aesthetic now that aesthetic changes right like whether it's kind of 50s and vintage whether it's like you know like high 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 glam z gallery you know like in that look the mirrored tops and everything there's so many different aesthetics that girls will want to do their whole home in because it brings them such relief and peace to, to come in. And like, you know, kind of like a cutesy vintage aesthetic with like matching pink 
kitchen utensils and kitchen appliances isn't a crazy thing. She's a white girl, you know, like it's actually, it's, I don't have to tell you, it's, it's, it would be like going into, well, when we go into Kwame's house and it's supposed for him to say anything ever. It's absolutely <laughs> bananas. Yeah. Kwame's house is disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. And like, I, I honestly, like, I thought we were going to see, like, I, I thought, I mean, I don't know what I was going to say. Like, I just, yeah. I thought it was, there was, it was, I can't. Yeah. So anyway, this house is pristine and this house has pink accessories. And, you know, listen, this is a true thing. When you share a space with anyone, you're going to have to understand that both people have to feel comfortable. And the good news is if you are a single woman, you don't have to worry about that. The thing about is, is making yourself feel comfortable. But when you get in a relationship, you can still be comfortable living in your own space. And if you make a decision to share a space, then both people should be as comfortable in that space as they are within the relationship itself, which is an expression of both people where both people feel the same amount of ease and comfort. And that might require a some compromise in the beginning to find a certain, if you want to use the same word, aesthetic word that blends together. Yeah, no. So she ends up saying that the reason why she just does this, that is because she was in a relationship with somebody who was super controlling and that mm. person didn't allow her to have an, a point of view. And so when she was able to have one, she just like went full force. And I imagine it was somebody who was like, no, everything must be stainless steel and like black or gray. And she was like, can I just have a little color? And that person was like, absolutely not you weirdo. And so she didn't. Um, so she ends up talking about how um, single people face a lot of alone time. And so, you know, she's really happy to have Kwame in her life, somebody to come home to. And um, she used to FaceTime her friends while she was eating in order to have a connection. And I'm just like, that is not my experience as a single person. Like, as soon as I was able to have my own space. Now, let me tell you, decorating wise, like I, I'm the worst at it. And like, I just really want to find like something that speaks to me that's going to go on this wall. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to like, find that thing within my budget <laughs> like i'm like what is gonna go here it's gonna be like black and it's gonna be like something great or it's gonna be like plants and gold and something you know what i mean but like it i mean it is so interesting how she like describes that like she's finally at peace and i'm like i there was a point in my life where i would have felt that way and now i'm at the point where i'm like do we have to live together can we live um can 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 we live in the same building duplex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we talk about duplexes before duplexes just sounds like a great way to like solve uh, a lot of problems i so many problems chris so many problems so i'm like yeah that's you know moving in with somebody and like merging your aesthetics is a young woman's game it's a young woman's but, game it is not but, my game yeah so then we go with Brett and um, Tiffany and we meet um, Tiffany's friends and they freaking love Tiffany they love her and love her and respect her choices in a way that like, I'm like, I want my friends to be like that. I don't want my friends to come on a reality show and like read my, my lover, the, their, their rights and like be bitchy and like whatever. I want them to trust me and trust my choice and to support me and not be rude to him and not make me have to defend either party. You know, just like, let it be chill. And if you have something negative to say, say that shit to me on the side or afterwards or whatever. So they tell him that they call her Mrs. Sleeping Beauty. Like that's what they have her in their phone because this bitch will fall asleep on them in a second. 10 o'clock hits, she's like a pumpkin and she's out. So I thought that was really cute. Um, so then we have a, a scene with Zach and Paul where they're talking about his time so far with Bliss and where Paul is at with Micah. And Paul says something that's like, 
what are we not seeing on with Michael girl? Because Paul is like, I love her perspective. She like believes life is chaos and we all have to do our best. Chris, is that no, like a, no, I, I, I don't understand anyone's attraction to Micah. Like Kwame obviously like is so obsessed with her and was obsessed with her voice before he even saw what she looked like. It's like he knew what she looked like through her voice. It's so funny. But I mean, no, I, I don't understand Paul's attraction to Micah, nor Micah's attraction to Paul. I just feel like they're all playing a game just to get to the aisle, you know? But mm-hmm. like, I could see Micah leaving Paul at the aisle. Absolutely. Yep. So um, yep. basically... But then the best scene happens for me, okay? Micah then is sitting at like a bar and she has, she looks great, by the way, like her hair is pulled back. Like you can't see just like ratty extensions. Like, you know, like it's good lighting. And who's coming to meet her? Irina. And Irina like pulls up and she like is happy to see her queen be mean girl. Like, hey girl, hey, you know? And Micah's like, look, it was really fucked up because I'm starting a journey with someone and you're like supposed to be my best friend. And you tell me something that I like have been ruminating on this entire time, which is basically that you think that you and Paul have something, or you wish that you and Paul have something, or you like Paul, but let me tell you something. Go ahead. Walk. Oh my God. Let me just say this. I love you right now and I completely appreciate you right now and I just want to say that like mm-hmm. a lot of things were happening and like I had a feeling and I just said it and I totally get it you're my friend and I feel like yeah that was kind of fucked up but <laughs> I just love you so much for being my friend right now and telling me the truth in this moment like how much I love you go on but I love you it's so just much. so weird I'll tell you what's weird Irina it's weird it's because literally everyone hated you no everyone fucking hated you all the girls and they just like talk shit about you all the time and I was like your lifeline like they would talk shit about me and I'd be like no yes yeah, she's hideous but just like get past that she's also like she knows it a little bit so it's okay like I would tell them that for you Irina and I don't understand why you then would come at me thoughts I literally kind of come after you. Actually, I just was like trying to like say how I felt, but I truly feel like it was wrong and I know it was wrong. But at the moment, I was trying to like say how I felt because I really did have a crush on Paul. And like if I ever met him again, like I would tell him that I did not have a crush on him because I respect you so much and I love you so much. And like, you know, I think that he liked me too. So like I was thinking. Uh, let me just tell you. Uh, he never wants to see you again. No, he, no, he he threw up when he told me about what had happened. No, I mean, like, I'm gonna tell you right now, he's cutting off his foot. No, he's cutting that foot off. No, he can't have that foot anymore. It's gangrene. Uh, It's, we had a whole thing. We came to his parents' house. We like told him how he's going to be legless for the rest of his life. No, you don't understand how much he hates you. Anyway, um, you're paying the bill for this. I love this scene so much. She came for her, like Mike. Like it really was so good. Like I, I, I think that the fourteen-year-old high school girl within me, like some part of me, screamed from my chest into this. I stood up. Like I couldn't have loved the scene more. Like it makes me. And I'm not gonna even say it makes me like one over the other. It makes me love them both even more. Oh, oh yeah, like I, I want to watch. I hate watching. I I know I hate them. I love that I hate. I love hate. I hate. I hate how much I love them. Well, 
I hated watching that scene. And I, the only reason why I kind of knew what to say to you in that moment is because I had taken notes and then I had like a, a little bit of an inspiration on what Micah said. But the truth is, is like hearing them just like, and like, oh my, like just talk in circles around each other and not say a complete sentence. The only thing that was complete was like, he's not into you. Was That was the most <laughs> clear statement that was said between the two of them. I just... I mean, I hate it. I hate the way they speak. I can't stand it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Anyways, so we move on to Marshall in the kitchen cooking. And I was like, what the fuck is he making? Like, let me tell you right now. I know I talk about a gold chain and melanated skin, but if that gold chain melanated skin person can cook, sign me up. Um, so yeah, he like got up, went to the grocery store and her lazy ass was still asleep. Now, I'm not going to judge it. Like maybe she's one of those people who just like, can't get up in the morning. But this man got up and made her a full, a full fucking meal with like bacon. Like I'm sure he gave her options of what types of meat. He made a strawberry or some kind of berry compote to put on top. And then he like sieved, 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 a sieve, a sieve, a sieve, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, some, <laughs> some powdered sugar on top of it through a strainer. Um, pancakes was, buttermilk pancakes yeah he made it from scratch it was real like he did that he did that and she's gonna say something so just like not fancy she didn't say Mimi's cafe she didn't say like some kind of downtown like cool ass brunch spot she said I hop ain't got nothing on you and I'm so blessed I hop you don't know any other place that makes better pancakes? Yeah, you know, I would, yeah, or even like a chef's name or something, you know, like, not Bobby Flay, but pick one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was sad. The pancakes looked so fluffy. I was happy with the compote. I love that he was like, yeah, I got up. Yeah, just to get all this. And it's like, well, also you're on TV. You're going to get to show off like what a great, uh, you know, little, you know house husband you are um she is into it she wants to go and get like a second plate you know she feels so blessed this is like i guess you know a great scene for them and and obviously what? you think it's boring and hate it so let's move on <laughs> Okay. This is a great so, scene for them, she says. <laughs> I don't know. So then Chelsea, we get to Chelsea and Kwame. Now, Chelsea and Kwame are going to meet. Chelsea's family is coming over. So she's nervous. And she's like kind of we being weird and like trying to like pick a fight with Kwame. Also kind of wants to like see if he's nervous, but then says that she's nervous. And he is nervous. And he, I think, is trying to be like, look, of course I'm nervous. And we all know that, you know, Chelsea is a white person and like her dad comes in. We don't know what that person is at all. We don't know anything at all. She hasn't said anything. She hasn't, she's very vague. And so when he's saying that, it feels like he's trying to be like, I don't know what I'm going to have to deal with, you know? And she, whether she could just be like, oh, I totally understand. And let me just tell you this or that or whatever. Then she but she immediately is sort of defensive. And she's like, well, it's not just you. I'm nervous too, because it's about us. And he's like, yeah, no, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's about the bit. yeah. And she's like, it's about us because it's not just you. It's like us, like how he thinks about us. And it was such a weird moment because i want to chelsea is very smart and she's been very direct before and but we haven't ever talked about race and i guess we want any we want anyone if you're going to be with anyone to support the person that you're with right yep. so yep. 
across the board, if you like someone, you want the person you're with to like have empathy for them, to understand them in a certain way, to understand who they are as a person and to like such. And yes, they are just meeting, but they are going to have to have an honest conversation about what he goes, what his life is like and the things that he has to deal with when meeting people so that she understands that in this moment, she should be, I am assuming, giving Mm -hmm. him some actual guidance of if, if, if he's nervous about meeting her father for how his, how her father might view him as a black man. Yep. Uh, it's like, but yeah, it's, it's this weird. weird thing where sometimes folks are like, I don't see race. So why would that even be a subject? And it's like, if you're going to be with somebody, a person of color, you have to, you have to really kind of zone in on how they move through the space. And now some folks don't move through the space in any way. They, whatever their ethnicity is, it, for whatever reason, doesn't affect him the way that it affects a black person. And the the black people who pretend like it doesn't affect them, to me, they're weird. They like want to live in a world where they have blinders on. They want to live in a world where they don't pay attention to that because they would like to think of the good in people. I, on the other hand, am more of a self-preservist. And like, I don't want to be foolish and walk into a situation and have racism slap me upside the fucking head, literally. And then me be like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Like, I always think about it and like, and prepared for the shenanigans. He does too, Alex. (laughs) Yes. Okay, sorry, go on. Great, Chris. What a great point. He does think of it. And so I just think it was weird that they didn't have a moment where she was like, yes. I mean, and even if, even if she's like, well, I already told you my dad doesn't see color. Like, girl, no. It would still be informative for him. Yes. I I mean, like, then he'd be like, oh, shit, that's the kind that I, you know, because there's different, like, you know, he's moved. I'm assuming that he knows. I mean, know that he knows more than I do about this stuff, but like it would, everything would, every bit of information or the way that she would phrase anything would be indicative. Yes. And I think that Kwame is trying to live in a world, is trying to live in a world where that doesn't exist. I think he's one of the people who won't acknowledge racism could and may have, and does happen to them until it hits them over the head. Whereas Brett might be somebody who's like immediately walk into a space that's like, you know, I will, I will say this for Kwame. There's, I'm going to give him also a little grace that in this moment he's trying to hint at what he's afraid of. And he either he is, he's afraid that, first of all, Chelsea is very direct. Maybe he's like, am I going to get in a fucking uh, conversation? Am I going to get in a, uh, whatever, like a uh, argument about race right now? Like who knows? Maybe there was, maybe there was a certain self-preservationist of like, oh shit, are we about to get into a conversation about this? And her dad's about to come over. Am I just going to let this crazy white woman just like talk because she feels like she wants to be defensive in this moment? Yeah. White women want to be defensive or want to like whatever. There's sometimes a moment where you're like, ooh, and not that you always should, but you can tell by their tone that they start to get pointed and faster I, you know so there's a moment where i'm also into like yeah kwame might have been like oh shit uh, yeah I, I don't have that much time left in this let me just pick the my next battle moments of my life better yeah. yeah yeah and i i agree with you i just think that like sometimes it it's hard it's a hard road to navigate because not everybody experiences life the way you do especially as like a black man like chelsea might have tons of like black girlfriends but it's a different thing to like date a man. And it's also weird when I feel like people, people, you know, if your parents are racist, like, you know, if your parent, like they may have raised you with no color and maybe it's a surprise to you. Sometimes you don't know. Maybe it's like, everyone's equal, except for when you're dating my daughter. Like, and, and maybe I didn't know, (laughs) you know, like, or maybe they don't know the way that they truly feel until that person is in their home. 
And then that's when they're like, this is uncomfortable for me because I believe that blue lives matter. I don't believe that black people have a, a less of a harder time. They have some of a harder time, but it's getting better. And for them to complain about it means that they're not looking towards the future. They're just harping on the past. And the truth is, is that no one, we're really, you know, people can empathize, people can sympathize, but you'll never understand what it's like until it's your neck on the line. So um, I think that that's what we were kind of feeling and we could absolutely be wrong, but that's at least what the producers set us up to believe. And as a black person, that's exactly what I thought he was, he was feeling. Um, and then we end it with the scary dad. And let me tell you right now, spoiler alert, that dad comes in and he's not scary at all. <laughs> like, oh, that is a that spoiler dad, alert. Yeah. That dad doesn't look anything like what I expected this father to look like. I was like, oh, he looks nice. <laughs> um, but all right, you guys, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We will um, see you in our next episode. Please watch and listen to all of our content. To watch it, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties. It is $10 a month. That is nothing. You've got it. You're rich. You're fabulous. Give it to us. <laughs> we we oh would enjoy it. <laughs> we would enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? It you know it helps us to create this content for you guys. Um, and again, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties. But if you just want to like be our friends and follow us on social media, that helps as well. And Chris will tell you how you can do that. Ooh, you open up Instagram and then you type in at DocuSweeties and then you follow and like all of our posts. And then you go to TikTok and you write the same thing at DocuSweeties. And then you make sure the Chinese government isn't spying on you. And then you go to Twitter and you put in one, at DocuSweeties one. You put a one at the end of DocuSweeties and then you can follow us on Twitter and you can like all of our tweets there. And then you can make sure that you've given this podcast the same one you're listening to five stars wherever you're listening as well as a glowing review honey the kind of review that is like is there a vitamin c serum on that review honey it's glowing is there a very beautiful highlighter is it swept across the cheekbone of that review it's glowing anyway at the same time be honest <laughs> i'm just kidding i love you guys so much we love you guys so much happy april we're gonna move on and get on with our lives listen is love blind we'll find out but our love for you is genuine bye, okay. bye.